I believe in Christ, he is my king. All my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Welcome back to this podcast where I talk about the lesson from Come Follow Me for Individuals and Families from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as cover church news for the past week. Um, so I was talking about maybe not doing the podcast this year. Uh, my wife and a few others are, have convinced me that I should keep doing it. So uh, for the time being, I'm going to keep recording and keep studying. And uh, hopefully those of you that listen are still drawing value from the podcast. I have been... Um, I haven't posted an episode in the last few weeks uh, with the holidays and everything. It got super busy and I got thrown off my schedule um, for studying and recording and doing everything that I was doing. And I kept planning on trying to get it done and it just kept not coming together. So hopefully with this new year and the things kind of settling down, I can get back on top of it and start getting an episode out every week with the new uh, curriculum or the new uh, study manual for Come Follow Me, which is the, the, the Book of Mormon for the year 2020. Um, so this year we will be reading through that. Um, I'm excited to uh, follow the Come Follow Me uh, manual and to excited to see, you know, uh, what it has in here for the Book of Mormon. Um, if you're getting started in the, the manual, don't skip the first pages um, and jump straight to the first, the first uh, lesson, uh, which is the, the, the introductory pages of the Book of Mormon. But there's introductory pages to the Come Follow Me lesson uh, that talks all about the Come Follow Me program and how to uh, implement it into your life as an individual or your family's lives or your kids' lives as well as prophetic promises about the Book of Mormon from uh, President Joseph Smith, President Ezra Taft Benson, President Gordon B. Hinckley, and President Russell M. Nelson, um, tips for teaching young children. So um, take some time to read those first few pages um, in Come Follow Me to help you through the year, uh, you know, make this a, a good year for studying. Um, yeah, anyway, that is pretty much it for the introduction um, if you like the podcast, please share on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm going to try to do better to um, be posting on there with uh, the links to the um, to the podcast episodes, so you can just listen to them online if you're online, or check them out and subscribe in your favorite app. Um, I'm trying to like change up the way that I was hosting it this year because last year was a little tedious the way that I did it starting out. And so, um, anyway, hopefully it's easier for me this year to kind of get the episodes produced and out and easier for you guys to get them. Um, yeah, so share, like, subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, do the stuff. Uh, head over to IBelieveInChrist.net if you'd like to uh, check out the website or get a hold of me. Uh, you can email me at podcast.ibelieveinchrist.net. Um, I think that's it for the introduction now. Uh, as well, as far as the church news, I obviously missed the past few weeks of church news. 
there's a lot going on with the come or not come follow me. Sorry, the um, light the world campaign that the church did um, and is still doing. So um, let me. I'll do a, a quick brief uh, summary of some of the the big items that I missed, and then I'll follow up, or and then I'll get the last week's uh, stuff going, and uh, hopefully we can stay on top of that because the church is definitely busy with a lot going on, and uh, definitely still prepare for you know April conference coming up with President Nelson's promise that it will be unforgettable, and his uh, him urging us to study. Um, the restoration. So um, with all that in mind, let's head over and start talking about the church news for the past few weeks. And thank you again for listening, and I hope this is a good year. It mortal men is earthly kin to save them from the woes of sin. All right, so church news for the past few weeks. Um, like I said, I haven't done the podcast in a little while, so uh, I'll just do some, uh, some short follow-up, uh, not follow-up, summary. There we go. Uh, some of the stories that came out of uh, the, ch- the church newsroom. Um, so these are going to be a little bit out of order just because my, my links all got out of order when I was looking at them, but... Uh, so they're not chronological, that's what I was trying to say. Anyway, um, so Elder Suarez, uh, Suarez uh, dedicates the Arequipa Peru Temple. So this was the third temple to be finished in Peru. Um, there is another one in Lima, the second in Lima, being built still. Um, let's see, it says Peru has 80,000 members, and these uh, three temples, soon to be four, uh, are for those 80,000 members there. Uh, This is the 167th temple worldwide. uh, And like I said, the third in Peru. Um, So that one was finished. um, And Elder Suarez was there to do the dedication, the dedicatory prayers. Uh, Moving on, the Young Women General Presidency was on the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. Um, And so there are some good quotes here from Sister Bonnie H. Corden and her counselors. Um, about this new curriculum and just kind of life in general. But Sister Corden says, The Lord gives us revelation in a very normal and natural way, and we can have confidence in our life to realize the Lord is speaking to us. And then um, her counselor, Sister Craig, says, All of us at times in our lives are completely overwhelmed by our life circumstance or by what we're asked to do. But just know that as we're consistent in doing the small and simple things— and as we're trying to seek revelation and going through the work or going through that work and that process, as we rely on Jesus Christ and his grace, that we will be made equal to those things that we are being asked to do. Um, I really liked that quote um, just because it's very true that there's times in our lives that, you know, anyone gets completely overwhelmed. And like she says, that as we uh, trying to seek revelation and going through the work and the process, and as we rely on Jesus Christ, His grace will be made equal to those things that we're being asked to do. Um, so we can kind of rise to the occasion or rise to the challenge. Um, and then lastly, Sister Craven, uh, she says, we talk about this being a new theme, uh, the new y- young men, young women theme, uh, specifically here, she's talking about the young women theme. Um, and then she goes on to say, but 
The reality is that it is an extension of what we have been doing in the past. Because we believe in living prophets, we believe that Jesus Christ is at the head of this church. We believe that this is a living church and that revelation reigns. Um, so some good some good words spoken by these sisters. Um, it was a 40-minute podcast. You can go check that out. Uh, again, that was Latter, Latter-day Saint, <clears throat> Latter-day Saint Women. Uh, moving on, the First Presidency issued a statement on church finances after a um, ex-Mormon or ex-Latter-day Saint um, who had worked in the tax portion of the church, from what I understand, um, he, I guess, uh, told the IRS that the church had all this money and that they were doing stuff illegally with it and was hoping to get... Um, I don't know. Anyway, so the church issued a uh, a statement about it, and there was a lot of uh, stories being written on it and a lot of people talking about it. Uh, this was back on December 17th, so a couple weeks ago. Um, the first presidency message says, We take seriously the responsibility to care for the tithes and donations received from members. The vast majority of these funds are used immediately to meet the needs of the growing church, including more meeting houses, temples, education, humanitarian work, and missionary efforts throughout the world. Over many years, a portion is metho- methodic, metho- methodically, there we go, got it. I couldn't say that word. I was trying, anyway, methodically safeguarded through wise financial management and the building of a prudent reserve for the future. This is a sound doctrine and financial principle taught by the Savior in the parable of the talents and lived by the church and its members. All church funds exist for no other reason than to support the the church's divinely appointed mission. Claims being currently circulated are based on a narrow perspective and limited information. The church complies with all applicable law governing our donations, investments, taxes, and reserves. We continue to welcome the opportunity to work with officials to address questions they may have. Um, So a beautiful statement from the First Presidency. Um, In my head, it sounds a little bit like Oaks. Uh, He is like the lawyer in there. So um, just anyway, uh, there was a lot of people talking about this. The I did see a tweet by Hank R. Smith on Twitter, and he said, uh, He's like, Egyptians, before the famine, did you know Pharaoh and Joseph are up there sitting on seven years' worth of food? Unbelievable. Hoarders. I thought that was kind of funny because uh, people are just, you know, looking at the first presidency, like, how can they have so much in reserve? I think the leak said there was like $100 billion or something that the church has invested in, uh, like, the stock market or something that's just gaining interest in other things. Um, And so... Anyway, I just thought that was a, a funny tweet for how to look at it because it is just preparing for, you know, a rainy day or uh, the church exercising the parable of the talents. So um, anyway, you can go read more about that on the church's website, uh, about how they invest money and how they use money and all of that. There are talks given on it, and uh, the church does obviously an impeccable job reporting on the funds Um that are collected and how they use them. Uh, one of the things that our church does not do is have paid clergy. So none of that money goes towards any of our clergy to be, you know, paid for their services or anything like that, which I tend or I really like. 
Anyway, um, let's see. Moving on here. The global effort to light the world generates donations for charities. So the giving machines uh, were set up in 10 locations around the world. Uh, it says nearly 159,000 items have been purchased by the public in a global effort organized by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Light the World one-by-one effort to donate to those in need during the 2019 Christmas season began on December 1st and runs through the end of the month. Uh, so that'll be ending here in a couple days. Um, but let's see, it, it was uh, pretty big numbers on how much those 10 machines were bringing in. Uh, so it says here that to date, nearly $3.9 million has been generated for the charitable organizations of the Red Machines. Donors have swiped their credit cards in the machines more than 100,000 times. Items purchased have included nearly 63,000 chickens, about 1.6 million meals, nearly 955,000 vaccines, more than 3,500 pairs of shoes, and more than 7,200 pairs of glasses. Um, it says the U.S. locations for the machines include Gilbert, Arizona, San Jose, California, Denver, Colorado, uh, Lai, Oahu, Hawaii, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, New York City, and Orem and Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, it says worldwide machines have been placed in London, England, and Manila, Philippines. So if you're near one of those locations, you still have a few more days if you want to run out and donate uh, and contribute to the Light the World campaign. Uh, moving on, there was a, another full write-up uh, from the church about how they use tithes and donations. Um, if you're interested more in that story, go check it out. This, uh, there's a YouTube video about you know how we use donations and what that's all going for. Um, President Nelson shares a Christmas message. So on his social media accounts, President Nelson uh, just put out a Christmas message about uh, the Savior, and he also did a video with a, a young woman who, or a young girl, who I think might be famous. I don't remember. My wife has shown me the video of it, though. Um, but in his post, he says, The life of Jesus Christ neither began in Bethlehem nor ended on Calvary's cross. He was a God before he ever came to this earth. He was the Jehovah of the Old Testament and became the Christ of the New. He atoned for the sins and sorrows of all mankind in Gethsemane and completed his ultimate sacrifice on a cross at Calvary. He rose again the third day in glorious resurrection. The ending of his mortal life was the beginning of eternal hope and happiness for each of us. He lives, and he loves us more than we can comprehend. Jesus the Christ stands ready to help, heal, and strengthen each of us in his divinely commissioned way. At this Christmas season, our thoughts turn to the babe born in Bethlehem. I urge you to seek this Jesus. He truly is the Prince of Peace. I invite you to draw closer to him and experience the joy that envelops all who are willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as one of his apostles. I bless you with the ability to receive and feel the infinite love that our Savior and our Heavenly Father have for you. May you all have a Christmas filled with peace, love, and joy. Uh, kind words from our beloved prophet, and I hope that you guys all had a great Christmas season and were able to reflect on uh, the birth of the Savior and his divine mission. Um, in, let's see, a couple more things. So there was a new temple site locations announced in Texas and Orem, Utah, I believe it was Orem. Oh, sorry, Taylor, yeah, Orem and Taylorsville. Uh, this one was a little older, I don't remember, I might have already talked about it, but in Texas... Um, 
I don't know, Texas. It's on some corner in <laughs> McAllen, Texas. Uh, the Orem, Utah Temple's off Geneva Road, if you're familiar with the area, down by South South Orem towards Provo. And um, the Taylorsville, Utah Temple will be right off of uh, the 215 Freeway and 4700 South. Uh, so that story, I think I already talked about that one, so I'm not going too much into detail. Uh, the Christmas season with guest artists Kelly O'Hara and Richard Thomas. Uh, headline performances with the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. So that took place just before the Christmas season. If you had tickets, you were able to get in there and see that. Um, I believe next year they'll have the um, you know, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, come out, and you'll be able to check that out. Um, if you weren't able to see it. Yeah, it says the 2019 concert will be broadcast next year as a holiday special on PBS and BYU TV. Uh, so a lot of work went into making that. Oh, let's see here. Um, so sadly, a car accident claimed the life of a senior missionary, Elder Craig Mayox, serving in the Illinois Nauvoo mission. Um, he passed away. Uh, the church issued a statement saying, We are saddened to share news of the passing of a senior missionary, Elder Craig L. Mayox, age 66, passed away Thursday uh, following a car accident Christmas Day in Iowa. His wife, sister Brenda Mayox, Mayox uh, was injured but is expected to recover. The couple, who are from Dameron Valley, Utah, had been serving in the Illinois Nauvoo mission since March 2019. Uh, we extend our sincere condolences to the Mayox family and their loved ones and pray they will feel peace and support, particularly, particularly at this time of year. We also pray for other individuals involved in this accident. Uh, so a tragic accident. Um, take some time to just say a quick prayer for their family. And, um, yeah, if there's something you can do, then for sure reach out. If you, if you know them or um, if you're looking for ways to do service. Uh, let's see. Lastly, the church had a look back at 2019 year in review where they just went through all the big highlights from the past year, things that had happened. Um, so real quickly, um, the president or sorry, president Nelson met with Pope Francis in the Vatican, uh, when he was there for the, uh, Rome temple, uh, what is it? the dedica dedication of the Rome Temple? Uh, let's see here. There was a lot that went on. I'm just kind of skimming through this. But, um, yeah, there was quite a bit. Like I said, the Rome Temple was dedicated. Uh, there was tons of an announcements of temples this year. Just so many. I don't know the total number, but there were a lot of temples announced. Um, let's see. The leaders outlined the church's new children and youth program that'll be taking place in 2020. So that was announced. Uh, there was the Book of Mormon videos that the church is working on, those being released, and a great uh, supplemental uh, study material for this next year's Book of Mormon uh, curriculum. Anyway, so like I said, lots going on. A lot happened this last year. Let's see. So it says President Nelson announced plans to build 16 new temples since becoming the church in 2018. Um, it says he has announced 35. So, oh, sorry, 16 new temples this year, 35 since he became prophet. Um, so pretty, uh, pretty cool. Lots of temples. 
Uh, it says President Gordon B. Hinckley announced some 30 new smaller temples in 1998. No other president has announced more temples in such a short period of time. So a lot of temples being built uh, for good reasons. But, um, yeah, lots of notable news. Um, lots of things changing. This church is definitely a changing church with, you know, prophets and seers and revelators. And anyway, just a lot going on. Hard to keep up. Um, that's it for the church news. Um, hopefully I covered most stories that I missed. Uh, but yep. Stay tuned for next week. We'll cover what happens during this, uh, this new year's and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the, the news section. I know it helps me keep up on things the church is doing. And like I said, there's just so much, uh, let's, uh, let's get into the lesson for this week. Um, the first lesson from the Book of Mormon. So that will be, oh, let me flip over to it. December 30th through January 5th, introductory pages of the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. We'll get into that. My feet he plants on gospel sod. I'll worship him with all my mind. He is the source of truth and light. All right, the lesson this week, December 30th through January 5th, introductory pages of the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. So this lesson, uh, just a few pages before we actually get into 1 Nephi, kind of setting up what the Book of Mormon is, talking about it. We have the testimony of the three witnesses, the eight witnesses, the testimony of Joseph Smith, uh, testifying about what the Book of Mormon is and how it came to be. Um, so just a lot of good content uh, leading up to the Book of Mormon. Uh, I remember one of the things I was shocked to learn about was that the title page for the Book of Mormon was actually also translated and was part of the record that uh, Joseph Smith got. So some, some really good uh, stuff in there. Don't skim over it. Don't skip it. Take the time. Read it. Um, and that's what this whole lesson's about today. So we'll get into it. Um, the sections here are the Book of Mormon can strengthen my faith in Jesus Christ. So the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ, and the whole purpose of this book is to testify of Christ and strengthen our testimony in Christ and bring us closer to Jesus Christ. So it makes sense that the Book of Mormon will strengthen uh, our testimony of Jesus Christ. And um, that's what Joseph Smith's testimony really... <clears throat> gets into here um, that we'll read about later on. Uh, the next section says the Book of Mormon outlines the plan of salvation. Um, so th it says here in the in the Book of Mormon that it's about like 20 times that the plan of salvation is mentioned, and it gives a bunch of scriptural references about all the different names for the plan of salvation in the Book of Mormon. And so it talks about just going and researching those and really uh, understanding and getting a grasp on what the plan of salvation is and, you know, why it's called the plan of happiness. Or uh, one of them that I read was the plan of, like, overcoming death or something like that. Um, yeah, the eternal plan of deliverance from death, which it is. And um, anyway, so there's just a bunch of different names for it, and there's all these different spots where it alludes to or talks about the plan of salvation and how great it is. And 
this is like the only place that has the plan of salvation, the full plan of salvation. And so, um, anyway, so there's some good scriptural references here about the plan of salvation. So take some time to go study or read about those as well. Um, it says, I can be a witness of the Book of Mormon. And this is in reference to the testimony of the three witnesses and the eight witnesses. And it talks about, you know, how those testimonies strengthens our testimonies. And then it talks about maybe writing our own testimony or, you know, how having a testimony can help us and sharing that with others. Um, so anytime I think about a testimony of the Book of Mormon, I think about Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, um, Safety for the Soul, back in October... 2009, I think it was. Yeah, the October 2009 General Conference. So if you don't remember this talk, this was uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland speaking just about the Book of Mormon and him just bearing testimony as simply as he could. And um, it was a great, fantastic talk. I definitely recommend uh, checking it out. I'll have the link to the YouTube video for it in the show notes. And hopefully these uh, links and show notes stuff start coming through uh, just because I'm trying to do this a little differently. Anyway, um, so a quote here from Jeffrey R. Holland just says, I want it absolutely clear when I stand before the judgment bar of God that I declared to the world in the most straightforward language I could summon that the Book of Mormon is true, that it came forth the way Joseph said it came forth and was given to bring happiness and hope to the faithful in the travail of the latter days. Um, so just a powerful, powerful talk, powerful testimony given by Elder Holland. Um, go check out this talk about the Book of Mormon. It will strengthen um, your studying and hopefully strengthen your testimony as well. Um, getting into the next section, it says, The coming forth of the Book of Mormon was a miracle. So in the introductory to the Book of Mormon, there's a testimony from Joseph Smith talking about how the Book of Mormon came to be. So he tells how he was visited by an angel three times in one night, um, and then the next morning he went and worked and then was visited again by the same angel, and then he spoke to his dad about it. Later on, he ends up going to the hill where he sees the plates, and I'm just summarizing real fast. Anyway, um, so he talks about all these events that led to it, and as I was reading the testimony um, of Joseph Smith about how it came to be, one of the things that stood out to me that he says that I really liked and kind of stopped and had to think about was um, he's talking about the instruction that the angel Moroni gave him. Um, and he says that he was told that he must have no other object in view but to glorify God when he goes to get the plates. That if he thinks about anything else, if he has any other object in view, that he cannot get the plates. And obviously he was able to achieve, you know, having no other uh, objects in view, you know, wealth or money or you know, all the different things he could have done with the plates um, because he was able to get them. And uh, it just made me reflect on, you know, just like people today and the, what what we have going through our heads at all these different times and how hard it would be to have no other object in our mind uh, just in a time like that. Like, I don't know. It's just something to think about, I guess. Food for thought, if that applies here. Um Anyway, just to have no nothing else. There's no other, you know, uh, I can't think of the word. Objective. That's not what I was thinking. Anyway, um, so that, that kind of stood out to me as I was reading uh, the testimony of Joseph Smith. Um, 
But then it talks about more about how Joseph Smith translated the, the Book of Mormon. And again, there's a YouTube video that the church put out about how Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. There are these little like kind of like stick figure animation videos just about uh, simple like just putting things out there simply for people to understand, hey, this is how Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. So um, if you have kids, if you're interested in learning more about it, go check out this video. Like I said, I'll have a link to that one in the show notes as well. Um, and it just talks about the the way that Joseph Smith was able to translate, and it talks about having the Urim and Thummim and another stone called a seer stone. Um, it says, Joseph saw in these stones the English interpretation of the characters that were on the plates, and he read the translation aloud while the, while the scribe recorded it. Uh, it says, each of Joseph's scribes testified that God's power was manifest in the translation of the sacred work. So if you're studying the, re- uh, the restoration or uh, the, the translation of the Book of Mormon, there's quite a few accounts of uh, just like interesting things that happened during the translation process. Uh, one of them is when Joseph Smith was translating, he uh, talked about the wall being around Jerusalem and he stopped and asked Emma, his wife, was there a wall around Jerusalem? Cause he, you know, didn't know that. And um, anyway, it was just interesting. And then uh, yeah, just other things. And, just the plates in general, all there's a, there's a lot of stories about the, the ropes that Joseph Smith had to go through to keep the plates safe and protected from those who would, uh, try to take it from them or steal them. So, um, anyway, moving on the title page of the book of Mormon. So in the ideas for family, uh, family scripture study and family home evening talks about the title page of the book of Mormon. Um, so it says, Perhaps your family could start a list of verses from the Book of Mormon that have built your faith that Jesus is the Christ and add to it throughout the year. This might also be a good time to create a family plan for reading the Book of Mormon, when and where you will gather to read, how uh, will each family member participate. And then it talks about seeing the beginning of the Come Follow Me manual for more ideas on how you as a family can uh, use this Come Follow Me resource. So I just wanted to read that because pretty much verbatim, like it's just saying set up a plan because, you know, it's better to have a plan and you can kind of decide how things are going to go. But this list for scriptures that kind of strengthen your testimony, um, I think that's pretty cool. So um, start a list as a family and maybe like in a public place that you guys can just go write them up or, um, you know, and then you can see them and, uh you know, if you're like on your way out the door or something, you can kind of glance over and see your, uh, these, this list of scriptures from the Book of Mormon that kind of strengthen you. Uh, moving on, it says introduction to the Book of Mormon. Um, so it talks about the Book of Mormon being the keystone of our religion, uh, what a keystone is and how that applies. And so um, with, you know, your family, with your kids by yourself, you can kind of uh, talk about a keystone and how a keystone really works and how without it, an arch would fall. So that has to be set in place to keep the whole thing together. And the keystone is, or sorry, the Book of Mormon is the keystone to our religion. Um, in reference to the three witnesses, the testimony of the three witnesses and the eight witnesses, you can talk about, or sorry, you can write your own testimonies as a family, um, share those with each other. And um, I definitely think that's a good thing to do, especially when you have kids that, you know, maybe they have your testimony that you, they can read it. Um, let's see here. The testimony of Joseph Smith, 
So it says, in Joseph Smith's account, what evidence do we find that God was involved in bringing forth the Book of Mormon? Um, so this is pretty interesting because there's evidence all over it. So if you go read through the account, there's so many things that, like, God was involved from the very beginning. The angel coming to visit him, him being led to the hill where the plates were buried, and then him being able to stay a step ahead of all these people who were trying to steal the plates at all times. He could not let them out of his sight. He could not do anything without taking care of the plates. Otherwise, he would have uh, lost them. But by the power of God, he was able to, you know, hang on to them and keep them away from people. Um, Let's see. Lastly, improving personal study, uh, a prophetic promise from President Russell M. Nelson. And he says, I promise that as you ponder what you study in the Book of Mormon, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. And so that's from the Book of Mormon, What Would Your Life Be Without It? Um, uh, talk by Elder Nelson. Uh, so that's it for the lesson this week. Um, like I said, this is... Uh, anyway, sorry for the the brief intermission from the mid-December uh, the holidays and I got sick and all this other stuff. So um, I apologize for that. But hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and I'll try to do better to uh, get these out on time and be a help for those of you who listen and, you know, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the podcast. Anyway, um, that's it. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And I look forward to next week's episode when we get into the beginning of the Book of Mormon. supreme from him I'll gain my fondest dream and while I strive through grief and pain his voice is heard he shall obtain I believe in Christ so come what may with him I'll stand in that great day when on this earth he comes again among the sons of men.